John went through the Spirit through time. And I believe with all my heart, he saw us standing around the throne. We were the ones singing that song. We're about to sing it. This is the, new, the, the praise and worship song is about to hit the records real quick. This is about to well, be playing on the radio. This is about to be number one on the charts because that's what we're about to be singing. And it's so beautiful because I know the Bible talks about how we're going to lay our crowns at his feet. And this is what gets me about this, that passage. It doesn't say that we were made to do it. I don't think Jesus says, now throw your crown at my feet. It doesn't say he, he says that. We're going to do that willingly. Because what they were saying is, I'm not going to stand here with a crown on my head because I'm only here because of you. I'm only here because you shed your blood. And I won't have a crown on my head in your presence, so I'm going to lay my crown at your feet because I'm here because you paid for that price. You hung on the cross. There was nobody else but you. And if I did hang on a cross, my blood wouldn't be precious enough to pay for my sins. Church, you are about to behold your master face to face. Your troubles are about to be over. Because the Bible says he's going to wipe away every tear from your eye. The things that you're worried about so now, and it's taking up so much of your mind and your thoughts and things you're worried about, it's very soon is not going to matter anymore. Because you will forever be in the presence of God. Forever in His presence. Forever in His presence. I'm about to change the order of the service. I believe what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell us this morning is hold on. It's about to be worth it all. Oh, you might be being tempted by the devil real recently to give up and quit. You're right at the finish line. Don't, don't, quit, don't give up and don't quit. You hold on and you bear down with everything that you have. It's about to be worth it after all. It's about to be worth it. Every pain, every trial, every heartache, he's about to heal it in the very moment. We've been Pentecostals for a while, most of us, and, you know, sometimes we have those Holy Ghost services where the glory of the Lord falls, and we wish those services never end. We're about to experience a glory we have never yet seen, and it's not going to stop. Your mind can't comprehend eternity. It's not going to stop. You're going to be in His presence and it's not going to leave. You're going to see His glory and it's not going to be lifted. You're going to be in the glory of God for eternity. It's about to be worth it after all. Every temptation you turn away, it's about to be worth it after all. Standing for righteousness and holiness in the wicked world, it's about to be worth it after all. you turn to two or three people and tell them, hold on. Hold on. We're about to be in the throne room. Hold on. Amen. I should give the worship team a big hand this morning. Hallelujah. It's hard for me to picture Pastor Michael as a pastor when you hear him playing that bass like that. 
Uh, pastors don't play like that. It's supposed to be four four beat. And, yeah. <laughs> That's a man who can play a bass, make that bass sing. Why don't you give your pastor a hand this morning? A big old hand of applause. I want to thank him for asking me to preach. It's always an honor uh, to be asked by a, a minister to preach, and I'm, I want to thank him for allowing me and inviting me into the house this morning. There are two types of people in the house. Some of you are bright-eyed, and some of you have this glazed look on your face. Let me give you the key to, the, to, to discern that. If you see glazed over looks, they have just come from Summerfest. If you were at Summerfest, I want you to stand up right quick. Give them a big old hand this morning. Now, if you want an award at Summerfest, I want you to come up here right quick. Hurry, 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 hurry. Come on, Riley, take two steps so you can do it. <laughs> Y'all come up here. Y'all come up here. Up here, yeah. All right. All right, what did you get? Second place songwriting. Second place songwriting, okay. Give him a hand. You just did this in front of a bunch of people. What did you get? Third. And, um, third top Bible quiz. Third top Bible quiz in the nation. All of PCG, actually. Now, look, that is the first Bible quiz award East Texas has won in 15 plus years. And this is what hurts my gut. They were five points away from placing. That makes you sick to your soul. But this is one thing I know about losing. It, makes, it puts a fire inside of you. <laughs> I think next year they're going to go back and sweep everything in Bible quiz. Amen. Oh, what did you get? First place in photography. First place in photography. Okay. I was actually judging that category, but there was no bias. <laughs> what did you get? First place in short story. First place in short story. What? And what'd you get? First place in drums and percussion. All right. She's the number one drummer in PCG. Give her a big hand. Give them all a big hand this morning. All right. Y'all may, y'all may be seated. And I got a championship belt at the office. Yeah. No, nah, nah, that ain't me. That, that's what the kids did. But, uh, yeah, we got the Spirit Award. It was the first award, uh, the newest award that they did in East Texas. Of course, East Texas is going to win the Spirit Award. Ain't nobody got more spirit than East Texas. We invested money in that award. I bought 150 spirit sticks. On East Texas one, you saw orange everywhere. It was beautiful. <laughs> we had an awesome time, and thankfully, the, everyone's got back home safely. So I'm going to give the Lord a shout of praise. Everyone made it back there and back home in one piece. If you uh, go ahead and turn with me to Acts chapter 19 this morning. I'm going to need you to uh, preach and and worship with me as I'm doing this because I just got back from Summerfest too, okay? So we are, uh, we're all tired, but with God's help, we're going to do it right this morning. Acts chapter 19. If someone's still trying to find an ask, ask them if they're Pentecostal. (laughs) 
All right, do you have it this morning? All right. If you would stand to your feet for the reading of the word of the word. It says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Ghost. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we are thankful that your Spirit is here, that you are ministering to us already. We thank you for the reading of your word. I pray that you anoint me to give this as you have given it to me. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, we shout amen. Amen. You may be seated. I don't know what it is and why there's such a debate in the Christian world about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I don't get it. If you read the Scriptures, if you read the Word of God, that argument is foreign to the Scriptures. If you see in the book of Acts, and as you see right here uh, with the Apostle Paul, he was really preoccupied. Jessica, if you could bring my phone up, please. Uh, he was really preoccupied with people being baptized in the Holy Ghost. He found believers, and he wanted, them to, he wanted to know, first thing, have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost since you believed? That was the number one thing that the apostles wanted the church to have. And for some reason, there is a big debate about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Should we have it? Is it for today? Was it just for that time? Well, hopefully this morning as we're reading the Word of God in the ministry, we'll put to, uh, put to bed that debate. Because in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul stated this, I pray that you come behind in no gift until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians is the book that we read about the gifts of the Spirit and where Paul gives instructions. So that's, that, that's the, the backdrop of what, he said when, of what he meant when he said that. That we come behind in no gift, say no gift, until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you haven't noticed yet that Jesus Christ hasn't come back yet. So the message is, be filled with the Holy Ghost and then be moved and minister into that power until He returns. We are supposed to be people full of the power and the Spirit of the living God. You can't preach good enough without the Holy Ghost. You can't teach good enough without the Holy Ghost. You're not persuasive enough without the Holy Ghost. We have very talented kids, as we saw this morning. Your talent is not going to win anybody. It is the power and the presence of the Spirit of God that makes all the difference in the world. We still need the Holy Ghost. I'm troubled by people and Christians who think they can put that on the shelf. Now, they will say that we, we believe in the Holy Ghost, and yes, they do. But they don't believe in the fullness of the power of the Spirit of God. And the Bible doesn't talk about just having the Holy Ghost. It talks about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of us have other things inside of us besides the Holy Ghost. 
Why don't we walk in the power we used to walk in? What do you have in you? Because when the Holy Ghost is present in someone, things will happen in their life. Amen? The power will be evident that he is there. His presence is made known. The Bible says this in Romans. says the same spirit, not a different spirit, not a lesser spirit, not, not a, a, a spirit that has as much power. The very same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, now he dwells in you. What kind of power do you have resting on the side of, inside of you? It's the kind of power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, Jesus Christ didn't just raise spiritually. His body got up, and he is alive forevermore, sitting at the right hand of the Father. I'm talking about power, real power, dwells in you if you have the Holy Ghost. And when someone has the Holy Ghost, it is evident. I want to read some passages out of the, the book of Acts. But what it says about being filled with the Holy Ghost, and maybe we'll get uh, a picture of how important it is. Just as what Jesus said, you shall receive power after, say after, that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Not before. You will receive power after you have received the Holy Ghost. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea. Listen to this. Jesus Christ was telling his disciples he had just resurrected. He has shown himself to his disciples for 40 days by many infallible proofs that he was alive. And he said this, don't preach yet. I think I could have really preached if I saw Jesus resurrected. Uh, hey, that guy you killed, he's up. <laughs> he's alive. He got up on his own, right? I think I could have really preached the house down if I was He said, do not do it yet. First, you will go wait and tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power of the Holy Ghost. What does that tell you? Jesus Christ did not want his message preached unless it was done with power. The message of the gospel of Jesus Christ has to be preached with power. Listen to Acts 2.4. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not for some people. It's not delegated for this camp and that camp. He wants everybody, his church, to be baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts 4.8. Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 4.31, and they prayed and the place was shaken and they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 9.17, he prayed over, uh, Ananias prayed over Paul and he says that he has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 13.9, then Saul, who was also called Paul, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And the disciples in Acts 13.52 was filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Do you get the memo of what the Bible is trying to tell you? We are supposed to be people who is full of power and full of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost more now than we have ever needed Him. If you think that we're going to go against the spirit of this world by our intellect and by debating, you are sadly mistaken. The reason why the world has gone crazy is because the spirit of the Antichrist is picking up. And the only thing that can break the power of the Antichrist off of someone's life is the Holy Ghost. It's not debating people. They have lost their mind. When men think they're little girls, there's a problem. And it's not their mental capacity. There's something else going on inside of their body. There's another spirit going on. Why do they feel like there's something else? Because it's the spirit of the world that is in them. 
You can't debate that out. You command it out by the power of the Holy Ghost. You preach and proclaim the gospel. You don't debate it. You tell them Jesus Christ is the way. He is the answer. And we don't debate and we don't, we don't piddle with people. We tell them to bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and then they will be set free. Men thinking they're little girls. Women want to be men. Our school systems are dressing boys up like girls without their family's permission. What's going on in the world? It's the power of the Antichrist is descending. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Do not be shaken by the power of hell. Don't be worried. The the power that is in you is greater than the power of this world. He is victorious. That's what we were just talking about this morning. Jesus has already overcome. He just wants to know, do you want to get on the winning side? Do you want to join him? Are you going to be shaken by the power of this world? Are you going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and proclaim gospel truth with Pentecostal power? I didn't mean to slip the PCG motto on there, but I did by accident. That's okay. (laughs) <laughs> we have to be filled full of the power of God. Why are we struggling today with things that 10, 15 years ago would have been crazy? It's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. You can try to diagnose it mentally all you want to. It is clear. You are body, soul, and spirit. There's something going wrong in the spiritual realm. People need Jesus Christ. They need to, Him to be set free from the things of this world. He is the answer has always been. And we have to be people who are full of the power of God. Not just the measure of it, full of the power. And why, how did the apostles do it over and over again in the book of Acts? How do we see it over and over again, these disciples and these unnamed disciples in the church? It was clear that they were full of the power and presence of God. How do we get there? But the apostles told us, they said, we have to give ourselves over to the reading of the word. Do not neglect this book in the time we're living in. Jesus said this, my words, they are spirit. It's not just words, there is power behind these words that you're reading. Have you ever read the Bible and it just jumped out to you? Why? It's not just mere words. There is power behind it. The apostles told us that the, the, the Bible and the scripture was written by inspiration of the Spirit. These words that are written here is God breathed. He inspired it. It's the words of God. And what he's saying is, my words that I teach, they give you life. And they give you truth. And they give you light in a dark world. The only thing that's going to break the darkness that's in this world that's descended is the Holy Ghost. And we are the ones who's proclaiming that truth. And we don't in these last days either to back down and cower down to the things of this world. But we stand up with the power of God being full of the Holy Ghost. We need to go back to our prayer closets. We need to go back to that secret place. We need to go back to praying and seeking God what we've never sought Him before. We need to go back and giving ourselves into the reading of the Word. This is not just for preachers. This is not just for preachers. This is for every blood-bought child of the living God. Get this word down inside of you. Seek his face and keep yourself full of the power and the presence of the living God. The thing is, the problem is we're having these days is there are so many distractions. And we have filled ourselves with other things besides his presence. We are coming into his house and we're struggling to conjure up faith because we haven't been in his word. We haven't been spending time in his presence. I notice there's a difference in me if I'm in his word and when I'm not. 
I know there's a difference to me if I'm in praying and when I haven't been. I know when there's power and when there's not. It's, the difference is, have I been spending time in His presence? I have, have I been talking about Him or have I been spending time with Him? There is a difference. You can talk about Jesus all day long. You need to be spending time at the feet of Jesus every single day of your life if you want to stand in this time. As, you know, when we used to grow up, uh, and I've shared this with some of you before, I had a, a youth leader one time who said to me, I know who you've been hanging out with by how you're acting. That's a slap in the face. You don't have to tell me. I already know. I know who you've been hanging out with. Why? Because people can rub off on you. But as that can work in a negative way, it can also work in a positive way. If you spend time with the Lord Jesus, he's going to rub off on you. That power he has is going to rub off on you. That peace that he has is going to rub off on you. That love that he has for people is going to rub off on you. I don't know if you ever experienced this, but sometimes people can get on your nerves. I don't need to love people with my love because my love can be very conditional. You better walk the line if you want my love, right? <laughs> but Jesus has love that is unconditional. Uh, I know I was, this past year, uh, I was really trying to, look at the scriptures and talk about how much a husband's supposed to love his wife. And I have to question myself, do I love my wife the way the scripture tells me to? Do I love her as Jesus loves his bride, the church? So I start to look at myself and evaluate, and do I love her? And I think about how Jesus loved me and how he's always there. No matter what I do wrong, he's always there to love me. So I said, I've got, I've got to put that to the test. <laughs> I remember so mad at her for something. I, you know how dumb it is because I can't remember what it was. And I said, she don't deserve it, but I'm going to hold her hand. I'm driving down the road, and it was so hard because I was so mad at her that moment. But I was trying to, in my pitiful attempt, <laughs> to love her as Christ loved the church. Because I don't want to hug somebody when I'm mad at him. So I said, I'm going to give her a blessing and hold her hand. She don't deserve it right now, but I'm going to hold her hand. <laughs> because how Christ loves the church, right? And it was a very, past a very pathetic attempt. Driving down the road with my mad faith. Holding her hand. She didn't know how blessed and honored she was at that moment. Because she wasn't acting right. That's going to be a long ride home. <laughs> But it was a pathetic attempt. But to love people unconditionally like Jesus, you're going to have to spend time in his presence. Because this is what the world needs. They don't need you and me try to act better. They need to see Jesus in us. The genuine Jesus. Not a pathetic attempt to try on your own to do because you can't in your own power. If you could do that, you wouldn't need a Savior. If you could have done it on your own, Jesus, did, he, he hung on the cross for nothing for you. And if you're that perfect, please raise your hand. We'll meet you at the church and take pictures with you. We all need the presence and power of God. And we have to spend time in his presence. And when I spend more time with Jesus, I start to act more like him. I'm more patient with people when I spend time in his presence. I have more peace when I spend time in his presence. I have more faith. When I spend time in His presence, things that would bother me or worry me don't really bother me or worry me that much anymore because I've seen been spending time with the living God. I know how awesome He is. And these problems are nothing compared to Him because He can do all things. My God is awesome. 
He is wonderful. He is power. He is holy. He is true. And He is just. And He is more than enough to give us strength to overcome the things in this world. This world needs a Jesus in us. And we're only going to get to that place if we're spending time in His presence. I used to pray this prayer. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see you in me. Paul said the same thing. He just worded it differently. He said, I die every day. Now, obviously, he's not talking about a physical death. He's saying, my will and what I want is dead. I kill it every morning because I'm living unto the Lord. And that and that is only when the power of God can rest in you. We have got to have the power, the power in the presence of God. The power and presence of God is not just some thought, some feeling. He's a person, the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, how do we know he's a person? The Bible says he can be grieved. You ever go into a situation you shouldn't be in and you felt something inside of you that you to get out? Why, it was the Holy Ghost being grieved. So get out of this situation, it's not for you. He is a person, and he wants to move in your life according to the will of God. Church, we are going to overcome. The church of Jesus Christ is not defeated. We're going to overcome. I love what Jesus said. The gates of hell will not prevail. It's not going to work. The plans of the enemy, it's not going to happen. The gates of hell will not prevail against my church. My church will stand. The church has been persecuted, but it's still here. Christians have been martyred. We're still here. Our Savior went up to heaven, but we're still here. The presence and power of God is in you, and we're still here. Empires have come up against the church, and they're long gone, but the church is still here. Why? Because the Word of God doesn't fail. Do not be shaken by what you see in this world. The church will prevail. Why? The words of Jesus cannot fail. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Not because you and I are so wonderful cupcakes. We're going to make it because the God that we are serving, He doesn't lie. And He is greater than the things that's in this world. And He's going to proclaim truth through us. And we're going to stand, but He's going to receive all the glory. And we're going to receive victory, but it's because He paid for it. But we're going to make it through. Don't it just aggravate the devil that he can't beat us? Can't it just get under his skin? He can't beat us. No matter what I do to him, because they got that Holy Ghost down in the side, I can't do anything to him. This, was, this is one thing I just really rejoice about, because, you know, as I talked about earlier, Jesus is returning and coming back. I, I love thinking about this, how there's still people getting saved, and they're going to be saved, and people are going to, to continue to be saved, until Jesus returns. Can you imagine how frustrating it is for the devil? That he had his hooks in those people for that long, and right at the end, they got saved. Oh, Jesus and the Holy Ghost is about to empty hell right before he returns. Oh, and I love that. I love that because that's such a picture of grace. They don't deserve it. But you and I don't either. We just got into it earlier. How do you know it was true? How do you know that's true? Because remember the parable that Jesus gave? He said some people he, he hired early in the day, and some people in the midday, some later in the day, and some at the last hour. 
And when the time they got paid, they all got the same thing. And the people who've been working all day say, hey, we've been working all day. He said, didn't I not give you what I promised? I can do what I want. You're working in the field. I own it. I can do what I please. That's why, and if you ever say this, please don't be offended. I don't like to use the, the phrase, my ministry. I work in the ministry. It's not mine. I work in the field. I don't own it. This is his ministry, amen? This is his ministry. Think about it. They're tied up in, there's people right now tied up in sin, tied up in drugs, tied up in homosexuality. And Jesus is about to save them. We need to stop talking about people and start doing what Jesus did is proclaim liberty to the captives. Oh, proclaim liberty to them. I don't believe that message in, but Jesus can set you free. I can't live the life. No, you can't, but Jesus will live it through you. You can't do it. I can't do it either. Join the club. Get saved. You proclaim liberty to the captives. Stop telling, telling people, oh, you're just in sin. Yeah, you're in sin, but you can be set free. That's the end of the message. Give them the whole message. You're in sin, but Jesus can pull you out of it. He's stronger than anything you're tied up in. He hasn't made a sin he can't wash away. He hasn't made a sin he can't wash away. If you think Jesus can't save some people, what you're saying is his blood isn't good enough. Whew. But you don't know how dark they're... It doesn't. His blood is powerful enough. If I get my white shirt dirty, and believe me, by God, I do. Bleach can get it out. Because it's more powerful than that dirt. It doesn't matter how much they are stained in sin. The blood of Jesus can set them free. The blood of Jesus can set them free. He's still going to save them. I'm rejoicing in that message. We're about to see more people saved in this house than ever before because of the power of God. Amen. We're not just sitting around twiddling our thumbs, waiting for the Lord to come back. Jesus said, occupy till I come. There is work to do until I call you home. Keep working. We're about to see more people saved by the power of God to the glory of Jesus. I should stand to your feet this morning. Someone will play something real quick. I want you to throw your hands up real quick. If you want, say, I want God to use me in these last days. Don't just throw it up to me because it's the proper thing to do. If you about God being, I want God to use me in a powerful way in these last days, I want you to raise your hand. If you raise your hand, I want you to run to the front very quickly, very quickly. We're going to ask God to give us a fresh infilling of His power and presence. A fresh infilling. Ask uh, Pastor and Brother Tanner, Brother John, as we come help me and pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you want more of God this morning, you can receive it. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. You will not come to God and ask for more of Him and He just walk away and turn His back on you. <laughs> That's the God I serve. If you want God to use you in a mighty way, you cannot depend on your gifts and talents and what you know. You have to be fully dependent on His presence to operate through you. You have to go by His leading and guidance. If the Apostle Paul had to do it, so did you. If Jesus had to be led by the Spirit to the wilderness, you're also going to have to be led by the Spirit. We are no exception. It is the presence of God that makes the difference. 
If you want Him to give you a fresh infilling, a fresh anointing, fresh fire, fresh oil this morning, I want you to raise your hands and receive it. Raise your hands big and say, God, fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your love. Fill me fresh. Fresh anointing. Fresh power. I need you and I want you. I need you and I want you. I want your power in me. I want it in my home. I want it in my family. I want it in my spouse. I want it in my children. I want it on my job. I don't want you to have a part of me. I want you to have all of me, all of my life. Fresh fire. Don't walk on yesterday's anointing. You did an anointing for today. We read this morning, the Bible says they were all filled. That's the will of God. We're all filled. I'm glad your pastor's anointed. You need it too.